Um, I'm glad you're here today. God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, so many prayers uh, for us, for our family this week. Uh, my wife had uh, major disc replacement surgery this week on Tuesday. Um, they had to go in and take out. She's had two disc replacements before. They had to go in, take all that out, uh, metal plates out, screws out. She had screws that were backing out and literally were uh, pushing into the back of her esophagus. And if they hadn't have found that, it could have been terminal. It was a dangerous situation to be in. Um, but she's doing very well. Thank you again for your prayers. She has been very, very sweet to me, which I'm the nurse, so you better be sweet to your nurse. I told her if she wasn't sweet, she was going to eat a pillow in the middle of the night. Uh, so maybe that helped. I don't know. I don't know. But um, she's, uh, she's doing really well. Thank you so much for those that have sent flowers and some food and things. Thank you. It's just been a blessing. Uh, she'll be back here uh, shortly, and uh, we'll be uh, off to the races. Are you guys excited about this summer, this season? We've got a great season ahead of us. I want to... Um, welcome anybody that's here that's new and, uh, and just kind of kick, you know, kicking the tires or, or, or checking us out. Thank you for coming and, and hanging out with us. Uh, we honor you. We're grateful to have the opportunity to serve you today. I uh, hope you enjoy the food. The food is catered from uh, one of our board members, John Johnson. He's a big cattle rancher. He's got about 300 acres here in McKinney and has hundreds and hundreds of head of, of cattle, some of the best beef uh, anywhere around here. Uh, they have actually a little uh, barbecue shack. It's called Corner Barbecue Shack. And if you have not eaten there yet, you need to Google it. You need to look it up. Unbelievable food. Really cool outdoor patio vibe. It's straight uh, out as far north as you can go in McKinney without leaving McKinney. Uh, that's where it is on Lake Forest, right out there. But Google that. Uh, all the food is provided for you today. And we're just grateful that we can serve you. And uh, we knew, we knew that if we didn't provide barbecue, um, y'all would be at the lake. So we're glad you're here and, uh, and happy about it. We've been in the middle of a series on the Holy Spirit. I want to let you know we're going to continue that. We're not going to rush through that. Uh, we are a spirit-filled church. Amen. We're a spirit-filled church. We're a Bible-believing church. Uh, if the Bible said it, if Jesus did it, if Jesus did it, I've heard it said this way, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. You got questions about what God's like. You got questions about what the Father is like. You look at the life of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the actions of Jesus. That's the perfect expression of the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen? So I want to encourage you just to stick with us through the summer. We're going to dive deep uh, into this uh, topic of the Holy Spirit. And we've got some amazing themes that we're going to come out of the summer into the new year. This is going to be an amazing, amazing year. I say into the new year. The Jewish calendar year starts in September. It's called Rosh Hashanah. Uh, it means head of the year. And so that's something that we recognize that God is op operates on a different calendar. God's feasts and his plan operates on a different calendar than our Western uh, Americanized calendar. And so September is actually the beginning of the Jewish year. And it's the beginning of all the things that God does to put in place uh, to move his agenda forward. So very excited about that season and uh, glad that you are with us. Um, I was going to wear shorts today because it's Father's Day, but I didn't want to distract you. I, I knew you'd be staring at my brown legs the whole time. And I was going to just put buckets like tip jars. I figured the offering would go way up. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm just goofing off. My wife's not here, so she can't rein me in. Uh, normally, she does, you know, air traffic controller signals on the front row when I uh, act like an idiot. But if I didn't act like an idiot, would you really want to come here? I mean, that's part of the blessing of this church, right? You get a pastor who's a little off kilter, and uh, we have some fun. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the blessing of 
a father, the blessing of a father. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you that you would speak to us today. God, would you release your word to us? Release your word to us today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I have an amazing dad. My dad, Ken Scrivener, is absolutely my hero. Um, Not a perfect man, but a great man. And he's watching right now. My parents, uh, they're, they're in their 80s, mid-80s. And so they go to church in Tulsa, Oklahoma on Saturday night. And then on Sunday morning, when you're 80, you watch like eight different services. Um, and, and I'm just glad that my parents always watch. In fact, when we have multiple services, they'll watch them all in a row. And uh, I'm just grateful to have parents um, that, that, that were such good examples of the love of Jesus Christ. In fact, the greatest gift, my, my parents aren't rich. Um, there's, no, there's no giant inheritance. There's no spil- silver spoon. There's no anything. My parents had ups and downs financially, just like most people do. Um, but I'm really, really rich because of the blessing of my parents. The spiritual inheritance that I received from my parents made me a very rich man. And the greatest mission I have in my life is to pass that on to my kids Amen? It's the greatest gift my parents gave me. I remember, I remember as a kid just watching my dad. My dad was the person that literally everywhere he went, he never met a stranger, smiled at everyone, talked to everyone. And you're like, Dad, did you know them? No. I mean, just, I, I, mean, just, just, I know him now. You know, everywhere we went, we, you know, he'd take me, he's going to get the oil changed or get new tires on the car, and we'd be sitting in the tire shop, and my dad would get up. He'd see a, you know, a little old lady walking in. He'd get up and open the door and get her coffee. And I mean, he was literally, he was like the, the host and the greeter and the usher at the, at the tire store, right? It was just, that was his nature. And I watched my dad love people and serve people every single day of my life. And you can't imagine, I'm Henri now. Um, You should have seen me as a teenager. None of you would want a teenager like me. I was an amazing little kid. In my teen years, I lost my mind. I had some demons I was dealing with and and literally I was uncontrollable. I was indomitable. And just for my parents, I, I, man, pray for them. There still has to be some lasting effects from just trying to be my parent, right? And, and I remember my mom um, telling me I was 14 and she's like, you know, I said something about my girlfriend and she's like, you're too young to date. And I said, mom, I've been dating for years. You know, I mean, that, I mean, that was just, that's my, my, my attitude, right? And I remember being 17 and my dad's like, you know, son, my older brother and sister hadn't had any kids yet. He goes, Joel, he goes, I guess it's up to you to get us some grandkids. I'm 17. I said, dad, I've been working on it for years. I mean, that, that's the kind of kid that, that, that they had to deal with, right? So definitely, definitely pray for them. But my, the blessing that my dad gave me, the, the, the faith that he instilled in me shaped my entire life. The words that he would speak over my life, the encouragement, the grace, the the, the giving me and encouraging the ambition and the drive and, and the belief that if I would set my mind to it, I could accomplish it. I would not be who I am without the blessing I received from my father. And it's tough on Father's Day. I'm, I'm grateful that I still have um, both of my parents uh, living and with me and still have access to them. And I know that many people don't have that. And this is a very tough time of year. All the holidays can be very challenging for different people. 
A Father's Day can also be challenging because some people didn't receive a blessing from their earthly father. In fact, some people may have received a curse. And, and listen, parents are human. And the reality is, uh, you, it's hard to give away something you've never received. And sometimes fathers fail in a big way. And, and they need grace. But thank God that Jesus came to introduce to us a heavenly father. Did you know that the concept or the term heavenly father did not exist on the planet until Jesus? Jesus brought the revelation of a heavenly father. And last week we talked about how the Bible says, uh, Jesus said this, he said, if, if you fathers being evil, can give good things to your children. If your children ask you for, for something to eat, would you give them a rock? If they ask you for bread, would you give them a, a, a serpent? Or, or I mean, he said these things, and he said, and you're evil. They said, how much more will your heavenly father give you all good things? Another version says, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask of him? I wanna give you a great report. Last week, Last Sunday, we had a service. The whole thing was about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had over 100 people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right here in this church on Sunday morning. That's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. I wanna take you to a place in scripture. This is the, um, the, the story of Abraham. Anybody grow up in church? Anybody sing the song, Father Abraham? Remember that? You're marching had many sons, your left foot, right foot. It's like the hokey pokey for Christians, right? Uh, I mean, that's, some of us grew up singing songs, but, but this, this whole concept of a father, and honestly, when you look at the Bible, there's a lot of jacked up dads in the Bible. Do you know that? Whole bunch of jacked up dads, some wacky stuff. You don't need to watch R-rated movies. Read your Bible. It's, it's I mean, crazy stuff in the Bible. Uh, the, the, and and, and there, there's really not, hasn't necessarily been a manual on how to be a great dad. It's kind of, you know, you just kind of thrown into it, right? You, you know, you have a night that was just a little too good. Next thing you know, you got a baby on the way for crying out loud. Didn't plan for that. Some people try and can't. And other people just make them like hotcakes. I don't know. I don't get it. God's in control. But it changes your life. And, and, and it's wild, the, the responsibility and the pressure and a lot of people cave and crater under that pressure. And I don't think I need to tell you, we, we live in a world that our current culture is very anti-man, anti-masculinity. And can I tell you that that is an anti-God movement? It's an anti-God movement. Because God established the position in the, in the, the honored station in life as a father. He created that because it's the, it's the exemplification of who he is. He is our heavenly father and father figures are massively important in our culture. They're massively important in our homes. They're massively important for the future of the world. To say something about uh, the concept, the God-designed concept of a patriarch is a wonderful and a beautiful thing. Can anything good be perverted and twisted and misused? Yes, Anything good can be misused, but that doesn't mean that the thing that God designed is a bad thing. Amen? Amen? So let's look at this. God's covenant starts with a blessing. We're talking about the blessing of 
a father today. This is Genesis chapter 12, verse one. The Lord said to Abram, this is before his name was changed to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. This is the the beginning of the relationship that God the Father had with Abram who he would later change his name to be Abraham, the father of nations. And and at the time, Abram is 75 years old. He's married to a woman who is so smoking hot. Everywhere he goes, someone tries to steal her. That is a good looking woman. That's like Michelle Pfeiffer kind of good looking, right? You know, Christy Brinkley, the 70 years old. I mean, she literally, she's 75 years old and people are still trying to steal her. That is a fine lady. When I get to heaven, I wanna see Sarah. What did she actually look like, right? I mean, that's wild. But, but literally, he had to lie and tell people she's my sister so they wouldn't kill him. I mean, this is a crazy story. But, but Abram, his relationship with God started with God offering him a covenant or an agreement. That word covenant means an agreement between two parties. And every agreement has terms. What that means is if, then, If you do this, then I'll do this. That's what a covenant is. When you buy a house, it's a covenant. When you buy a car, it's a covenant. Did you know what the word mortgage actually means? Death grip. Did you know that? It's connected to the word mortuary, morgue. My God, it feels like it, doesn't it? (laughs) Death grip. When you get married, you make vows, you make a covenant, you make promises. You make promises to be there in the hard times. You make promises to be there when things aren't going good. You make promises not to jump ship when everything hits the fan. You're gonna stay in this, you're gonna stay together. It's a covenant, it's a commitment, and it comes with a blessing. The Bible says, who who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. You're like, you don't know my wife, Joe. She's a blessing. You might be the problem, (laughs) right? Listen, we all have issues. We all need help. We all need to be more like Christ. And if we can learn how to love and serve and please each other, the best of our ability, the best of our ability, See, that's the position I'm in right now. I'm, 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 a, I'm a go-getter type of personality. I wanna get out there, I wanna make stuff happen. I, I have a hard time resting. There's stuff that needs to get done. And right now, I, have, I, I, I get to, let me say it like that, I get to be a nurse. And, and the reality is, it's the best way I can show my wife how much I love her, to be the one that washes her hair to be the one that crushes up the little pills because she can't swallow them and put them in pudding and spoon feed little, that's, that's one of the greatest things I could do to show my wife I love her, put everything else on the side. But now, please don't, look, I mean, the Lord had to tell me to do it. I don't wanna be a nurse. I'm a terrible nurse. I'm not patient. 
My, my mother-in-law was a nurse for 45 years. She's a professional nurse. She should be watching her. <laughs> Not good at this stuff. But the Lord's showing me maybe 20, on my 28th year of marriage, the Lord's showing me how to actually be a little more like him. I don't know about you, I like being served. Anybody else? <laughs> Too real? I, I'd, I'd rather be served than serve. That's just how I feel. But there's nothing that makes my wife feel more loved than for me to serve. So I get to love her. It's the vow that I made, sickness and in health, till death do us part. Sometimes she wants death to come. <laughs> On my end, insurance money, next dude. All right, praise the Lord. Again, she, I, I'm telling you, I promise, I, I'll, I'll be more spiritual next week. God's covenant starts with a blessing. Believing the blessing is what activates the power. Believing the blessing is what activates the power. 10 years later, after this covenant was formed with, with Abram and God, Abram's having questions. God's like, what can I do for you? Abram's like, look, you, you said I'm gonna be a father of nations. You said I'm gonna have an, an inheritance of family. And now I'm 85 years old and I still got nothing. And, and, and my servant is gonna receive my inheritance. That's what he's saying to God. He's kind of complaining a little bit. And God says to him, this is Genesis, Genesis 15, um, verse probably three. I'm skipping ahead for the audio video folks. This man will not be your heir, the servant, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord and he, God, credited to him as righteousness. This is the beginning. This is the first demonstration of faith righteousness. Becoming righteous because you believe. That's the most beautiful part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what sets us apart from every other religion on the planet. You are not righteous because of how good you are at obeying rules. You're righteous because of how good Jesus was at obeying rules. And he gave you the opportunity to simply put your belief and your faith in him. And because of faith in Jesus Christ alone, we have salvation. We have an inheritance. We have assurance because of faith in him alone. Now, faith isn't only just believing, like, oh yeah, I totally believe that. The belief that, that Abraham demonstrated was that he got up and actually obeyed God. When God said, go into a land, I will show you, he didn't even know where he was going. Didn't even know, but he got up and obeyed God. So he believed him so much that his actions followed. Jesus's brother James said it like this. You talk about your faith without works, but I'll show you my faith with what I do. So there are works that God created for us to do. It's Bible says that we're saved by grace, through faith, not by our own works so that no one can boast. And this faith, it says, is even from God. It's not even your faith. You can't even brag about your own faith because your faith that you have was a gift from him. It's his faith. But he says you're saved unto good works that he prepared for you in advance to do. So there are good works. 
that you do because you're saved, because you're accepted, because you're righteous, you produce the fruit of righteousness, you live according to the teachings of Jesus because you are already saved, not so that you will be saved. You live that way because you're already accepted, not so that you will one day be accepted. It's the beautiful thing about the gospel. He believed and it was cred to him as righteousness. The thing that pleases God is faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please, to please him. Now I wanna flash forward a couple generations because Abram finally did have um, a son that God picked. This, the story's complicated. I mean, Abram, uh, they got impatient as it was custom. Sarah was impatient. She took her maidservant um, and said, here, I'm gonna give you my servant as a uh, sister wife, I don't know, um, and, and you can make a baby with her. I don't understand. Je Jennifer would not go for this, right? I mean, this the whole sharing thing. We don't share well, all right? So, but this idea of, you know what, I really want a baby, so here, just take uh, my servant and make a baby. Uh, that That's not a good plan, guys. I'm, not, I'm just saying, but, but that's what they did, and so they had a son that wasn't the promised son, and then finally, 25 years after the promise, she... Sarah gets pregnant, has a child, and she laughs because she's 90 years old now. She laughs. And so she names the baby Isaac because he was born out of laughter. And, and then Isaac lives and, 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 and finds a wife, and, and he and his wife have a, a child. Uh, Rebecca was her name. They have two children, and inside they were twins. Praise God for twins. That's some wild stuff right there. But these twins were at war with each other inside the womb. Uh, and, and so God gave her a promise and said, look, there are two different nations that are inside of your womb. And they're at war with each other. And the younger will serve, or the younger will rule over the, the older. Well, they're twins. They're basically the same age, but one of them came out first. And the way it worked inside of this ancient culture is it didn't matter that you're just minutes apart one of you is the firstborn and gets the, the blessing of the firstborn, gets the inheritance of the firstborn, gets the birthrights because you were first, even though there's just a few minutes in between you. And so these two brothers were in contention their whole life. Uh, the older one, his name was Esau, and it says when he was born, he came out with a, a coat of red, like his whole body was hairy like a little orangutan baby, Right? <laughs> It's a freaky thing, little orange, red hair. And so Esau means red. And then Joseph was born and, and he was smooth, okay? And Esau grew up to be an outdoorsman. And Jacob, it says he was, um, he, he liked to be among the tents. He was a businessman, we'll say. And you can see that because with, J with Jacob, everything was a negotiation. Everything, uh, this is where Jacob was, became the one that would create the 12 tribes of Israel. And we know that the Jewish people are some of the fiercest negotiators on the planet. It's what they're known for, right? Uh, and they, they, they can sell anything and you're gonna buy it and you're gonna pay more than you thought. They're, they're good at it, right? Uh, and, and so anyway, that comes from this inheritance of Jacob. He was a negotiator. And when you read the story of Jacob, everything was a negotiation. But these two brothers were at odds with each other. And Jacob had a connection with his mother. In fact, this isn't supposed to happen, but, but these parents played favorites. Um, it says that Isaac loved Esau and, and Rachel, or Rebecca, pardon me, loved uh, Jacob. 
and they played favorites, and I don't ever recommend that. It's a bad move. But it created contention inside of the relationship. And one day Esau comes in and he's starving. He's been out hunting, hadn't had anything to eat. And Jacob is cooking some stew and they get into a negotiation and Jacob talks his brother into trading his right as the firstborn for a bowl of stew. And he does the deal. Because Esau didn't value the firstborn rights. So he gave away his rights. Well, later on, if you remember the story, um, Isaac is about to die and he says to his son Esau, his favorite, go hunt me some game, make me my favorite meal and I'm gonna speak a blessing over you. I'm gonna give you the blessing of the firstborn son. Now, the dad, Isaac, didn't know that he no longer had rights to that because he'd sold it years ago. But Rachel, the mom, understood and she began to negotiate and work with Jacob to create this plan to trick their father, the father that was old, into blessing Jacob. But Jacob had smooth skin and he didn't smell like an outdoorsman. He smelled, he probably wore fancy cologne or something like that. And he had smooth, uh, smooth, soft skin. He wasn't an outdoorsman. So they had to create this deception and put goat hair on his arms and put the clothes on uh, from his brother. And he goes in there and he feeds his dad. And his dad is, is old and blind and can't see anymore but he smells he's like and he smells the clothes and he says this and I want to I'll just read this to you so you can see this just as Genesis chapter 24 we'll probably start in about verse um there 27 pardon me starting probably about verse 28 it says ah the smell of my son is like the smell of a field and that the Lord has blessed may God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches an abundance of grain and new wine may nations serve you and people bow down to you be Lord over your brother and may the sons of your mother bow down to you may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. This is the blessing that Jacob received, the blessing for the firstborn son he was given in that moment. And moments later, his brother comes in. Dad, I'm here. I've got your game. His, his dad says, what do you mean? Who are you? I'm Esau. No, no, no. I already blessed Esau. And then the light bulb comes on. Oh, my other son deceived me. And and Esau was furious. In fact, he was so angry that he was murderous and he vowed, he vowed to kill his brother. But look at what was said. It says that he blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. This is now Genesis chapter 27, probably verse 32, 33. And it says, when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud, bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me too, father. But his father said, your brother came deceitfully and he took your blessing. Esau said, isn't this rightly that he's named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he has taken my blessing. Then he said, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? And Isaac said Esau, to Esau, I have made him Lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, do you only have one blessing? My father, bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered, your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. This is a wild, wild concept. It's a concept that's so foreign to us. 
Because we don't, in our culture, the culture of our, our society, the culture of our Western world despises the position of father. I could list you organization after organization after organization that exists right now inside of our political sphere that their ambition is to destroy the nuclear family. Oh, they get parades. They get to do all kinds of stuff. And they, and they, they, they disguise it in different ways. But when you look at their bylaws, they're actual Marxists, they're communists, and it's part of their agenda to destroy the nuclear family. They hate the position of father. And they don't think, listen, did you ever think that parents that are concerned for what's being taught in school would be deemed domestic terrorists in America? I'll show you domestic terrorists. Mess with my kids. I will gladly go to prison. You mess with my kids. For crying out loud, who would have thought that in America that this would be the world we live in? And I'm telling you, if fathers don't stand up, if fathers don't stand up, and I, and I honor you. You're in this building today. You're watching with us online today. I honor you. You're a godly man. You're a godly father. You're in this place. And I honor you in the position that you are taking, a stand for your faith. But if the godly fathers are silent, are we really gonna let soccer moms go and do the, the work for us? Come on, men. See, the greatest curse released in the world is the curse of fatherlessness, the curse of the bastard. My dad, one of the things that he always said, he, he said, the devil is a bastard. But, but here's the deal. The devil divorced his heavenly father. He's a self-made bastard. And bastard is one of the, the worst curses. In fact, it's so bad that all you have to do is look at some national statistics to see. Did you know that right now in America, 18.4 million children live in a home with no biological dad, no stepdad, no adopted father? 18.4 million, that's double the population of New York City. Fatherless. Four times the population of Los Angeles. Fatherless. It's a horrific curse. If you grow up in a household with no father, no father figure, even if it's a step or adopted or, or foster, four times greater risk of poverty more likely to have behavioral problems, two times greater risk of infant mortality, more likely to go to prison, more likely to commit crimes, seven times more likely to become pregnant or be, make someone pregnant as a teen, more likely to face abuse and neglect, more likely uh, to abuse alcohol and drugs, two times more likely to suffer obesity, two times more likely to drop out of school. Oh, but there's a wicked agenda from Lucifer himself to destroy the nuclear family, 
to emasculate men. That's what all this transsexual stuff is. It's extremely demonic. Sorry, am I a little too aggressive on Father's Day? I got a bunch of men in the house. Come on. Look, I love all people. I love all people. Love all people. But this is an agenda from Satan himself to destroy the family of God because the family represents the Godhead. Father, mother, children. It represents God, his church, and, and with, with Jesus Christ as the center of it. It's a picture. Jesus is the groom. The church is his bride. That's the picture. And it's important that we, as the people of God, listen, we love everybody, but they don't get to decide the culture for our children. We follow a higher authority. So we stand up, amen? Amen. Fathers are the conduit of God's blessing in the earth. It's an honored role. It's an honored role. See, in our culture, not every culture is like this, but many of them around the world are. We receive, and this is, why, this is also why it's important, um, in my personal opinion, that when a marriage happens and a name is exchanged, and listen, people have lots of different opinions about this or whatever, but the man gives a name. When children are born, they take their father's name. Why is that important? What's important because the word name means character and authority. That's what the word name means, character and authority. And as a father, you possess the ability and the God-given power to release character and authority to your children. Fathers give confidence. Fathers give identity. Fathers give strength. There's character that a father can instill. And and listen, I'm saying this so that any and every person that's in this room, that's hearing, that's listening online recognizes if you are a man, you have a God-given power to instill confidence and identity and security. It's different than the gift a mother gives. Mothers are amazingly important, but today's not your day. It's Father's Day for crying out loud. Fathers have a power. They have a power to give blessing. I want to do something, and I'm going to surprise my daughter. Um, Blake, I'm going to ask you to come up here. I know you, I didn't tell you I was going to do this because I knew you'd play sick. Um, (laughs) But I want you to come up here. I've done this for Sydney. I want to demonstrate the blessing of a father. And I want to do this so that you have a frame of reference for what you can do. Um, This is my daughter, Blakely. She looks like her mom, and she acts like me, so she's lots of fun. Um, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bless her, and I want to do this as an example so that, so that you can have a frame of reference for maybe how to do it in your own home. Will you give me that moment? Look at me. I love you, and I'm proud of you. No matter what, I'm proud of you, and I'm for you. My life... I exist to be strength for you, to be structure for you, to help you, to encourage you, to inspire you, to build a future for you. 
And I vow to you to do everything within my power, everything within my means to help you to succeed in life, to give you the greatest opportunities in life, to open doors for you at every chance that I possibly can. I commit to you to protect, to provide, to give you encouragement, but also correction. And if any, I said this about Sydney too, if any hairy-legged boys come your way and they don't love Jesus, I will chase them off. Because there's a godly man that God has for you in your future. And your mother and I love you, we support you, and we're for you. We love you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, sweetie. I'll never forget the moments when my dad would look me in the eyes and speak powerful words of inspiration and encouragement. Listen, I am far from perfect. Um, My kids have not seen perfect parents. You don't have a perfect pastor. Uh, It's a rare Sunday that I don't walk out of here and go home and beat myself up for something I said that was stupid. Um, But I'm a human. I do the best I can. But what I do have is I have the ability to be an active, powerful presence in my kids' lives. That's what I have. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be intentional. And, And the greatest joy that I have is to watch my kids succeed and achieve and accomplish and fulfill God's call on their life. I want to see them maximize everything God has given them. And I recognize um, that this is a role that I have in something that, that was given to me because I had a dad like that. And the reality is that there may be a number of people that didn't. And, and you may be trying to lead out of a place of a vacancy because no one ever spoke over you like that. No one ever spoke words over you like that. But, but I want to tell you, your heavenly father has a blessing for you. You have a heavenly father. And the reality, I talked about this last week, that sometimes the wound of a father can be a thing. Listen, I, 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 never, I never understood a father wound my entire life until a number of years ago when I was deeply wounded by a pastor. It's my first father wound. I, 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 never, I didn't know what it was like. I, I couldn't relate to people. But going through that, even though it wasn't my actual dad, going through a season where, where I was wounded by someone that I considered my father, spiritual father, it, it made me a lot more sensitive and a lot more aware of what other people may be sorting through and dealing with because the wound from a father can be very deep. And I wanna encourage you today that greater than the wound of a human father is the blessing of your heavenly father. And he can fulfill every bit. He can heal every bit of it. He can restore every bit of it. All through the Bible, God picked and used flawed men. And he took the children of flawed men and he released blessing upon them and he used them. It doesn't matter where you find yourself today. God, your heavenly father has a blessing for you. Amen? I wanna do something and um, I wanna invite, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stand in proxy. I'm not God, but I wanna stand in proxy uh, as, the, as if the heavenly father were speaking a blessing over you.
And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, um, yeah, I'm gonna do this. We got time. If you're, if you're a man in the house, if you're, and I, we'll do this for everyone, but I specifically, if you're a man um, and, you, and you would like to come down front, I'm gonna release a, a blessing from the heavenly father over you. And I'm just gonna invite you to come on down. And, and receive that. And, and let me just speak a blessing over you. And, and you, anywhere in the audience and even online, you can receive the blessing as well. But if you wanna receive that today, and someone just go ahead and jump up here and come on down here. Um, we can fill this whole thing up. And I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna release the blessing of the heavenly father over you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on down. Thank you, men. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Jesus. I apologize for our air conditioner having some struggles. We, uh, these last four or five weeks have been challenging and uh, we're getting it fixed. We got the air conditioning in next week. In Jesus' name, it'll be a little cooler in here. Um, come on down, come on down. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. And for all you uh, ladies or anyone out in the audience that doesn't feel comfortable coming down, that's totally fine too. But once these uh, gentlemen are down here, I'm gonna ask you to stand and I'm gonna release and speak a blessing over everyone. But I just wanted to have this close uh, connection with you all um, as men in the house, amen. Um, I'm gonna flash back for just a second. Um, my parents had me when they were a little older. And when my mom was pregnant with me, we, we got more room. If you guys want to come on, go ahead and just come on in here. Let's, let's, uh, we got people standing in the aisles that haven't, can't get all the way up here. We got some more room around, around here as well. Um, when my mom was pregnant with me, she was a little older um, in that time frame, and, and, and the doctors were very concerned for my health as a baby. They, in fact, they told her that I was not likely going to make it. My parents were going to a church in San Diego, California, and, and uh, there was a gentleman that was in a small group that had a very strong gift of prophecy. And he laid hands on my mom's stomach and he prayed over me before I was born. And he released a prophetic word over me um, that I ran from my whole life because I didn't want the responsibility of it. Um, but my parents would never let me forget it. And the prophetic word was that the baby that was inside of her womb was going to be a, a mighty man of God. And God was going to raise him up and that he was going to raise up an army of warriors for God that would stand for what's right, that would represent God's truth, and it would make an impact in the world. And I ran from that my whole life because it was too much responsibility. And frankly, I didn't want to be a preacher. Um, but I was about 16 or 17 and I was in a youth service and another pastor got up and prophesied over me and said the exact same words. And it happened again, three or four times, the exact same message, different people, different cities, different states, same message. And I wanna tell you this, you are the fulfillment of that promise. You're the army that God spoke about. And I'm sorry that I was a reluctant leader. And sometimes I still am. It's heavy. It's a lot of pressure. But God has called us. He's chosen us. He's picked us to represent him. None of us are perfect, but all of us are called and all of us are chosen. And we all have a mission. Amen. We're on that mission together. Amen. Amen. 
So let me speak this blessing over you. I'm not God. I'm not the Father. But the Bible says whoever preaches should preach as the very oracle of God himself. So I'm going to speak a blessing over you as if it's God himself. And if you would just lift up your hands uh, and receive this as if it was God himself. So the Lord says to you, I have handpicked you. You are my favored son. I could have picked anyone else, but I picked you. And I put my blessing on you. And I've called you by name. And before you even existed in the space of time, I knew you. I named you. I love you. I'm proud of you. I have put gifts inside of you. I have given you courage. I have given you strength. I've given you a destiny and a purpose and a cause. And I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. I give you my strength. I give you my power. I give you my victory. I give you my righteousness. I give you my success. My hand is upon you. My favor is upon you. I am with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And if I'm with you, who can be against you? I have chosen you to be victorious. I have chosen you to be a representative of my name, of my glory, of my favor. And I give this to you as a gift. You are my man called by my name. And I will use you and glorify your name because your name glorifies my name. It's a gift from me, my name, my character, my authority is upon you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And I want you to say this, say, I am a man of God, called by God, formed by his own hand, given his power, given his strength, his character, his authority, his victory. I will walk in purity. I will walk in righteousness. I will walk in courage. I will walk in power. I will not sit down. I will stand and I will be strong and I will exemplify the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings with my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, give these men a hand. Thank you guys. Thank you, Jesus. We got big stuff to do, y'all. Um, you guys can go ahead and go back to your seat. And I just want to, I'm going to let you uh, take a second as you head back that way. Um, you know, normally uh, whenever we feed folk, you know, we say ladies first, but not today. Um, got a brisket sandwich in your uh, future. Um, this is, hey, this is John. John, will you wave real quick? This is John Johnson. This is... Um, the father of brisket sandwiches. He makes his own cows, and uh, you get to eat one of his children today. Um, he literally, he's so funny. We were out there one day, he was like, no, this is my cow. I'm, I'm his daddy. I made him. He, he's from South Africa. He's got a special accent. And he goes, I made this cow with my own hands. So um, 
you get to experience this. It's good stuff today. Um, let me just, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it over and let you guys do what you do. I don't know what happens next. Um, there's the team, wherever, whoever's taking over next. That's awesome. Um, but I just wanna encourage you men, what you just received, this impartation, I wanna encourage you to take that as a mandate and to take that home with you and, 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 and to speak blessing over your family. Speak blessing over your spouse. Speak blessing over your children. Look them in the eyes and give them the gift that was given you. You have the ability, the power to bless. You have the power to bless. Amen? Amen? It's a powerful thing. Um, who's in charge? Travis? Travis, you're in charge. Guys, God bless you. Thank you. We love you. Uh, enjoy the food today. I'm going to be hanging out with you.